Hi guys, and welcome back for episode 18 of Unfiltered. Mark, Andrew, ready? How are we? I'm good. How are you? Good. We're a little bit late with this episode this week. It's becoming more common, this lateness. Why are you looking at me like that? Why is that? Whose fault? It wasn't my fault. Who cancelled on Sunday? Uh, Who was the first one to cancel? I was the first to cancel, but let's just face it, we were hungover. The silly season has begun, (laughs) begun. and it's really impacting deadline. And when you add that to how old we are now, I know we just can't back up. Plus, I had to film something on Sunday. You did. You actually had things to do. You had to... Be very professional. We apologise. We do. And we're also going to Lord Howe on Wednesday. Yes. And lots of organising to do. But I don't think we're going about that because no. I doubt people will have a lot of sympathy for... No, not at all. ...no podcast episode because we're going to literal paradise. So this week we're kind of revisiting an episode that most of you won't be uh, familiar with when I had my former podcast, which was a solo endeavour. Mark very kindly joined me on that podcast to talk about some of his experience as a burgeoning journalist throughout his career. He has experienced some pretty tricky and upsetting scenarios as it relates to his voice. And this episode was titled Gay Voice, and it really touched and helped and inspired a lot of people. Uh, Do you remember telling me about all the correspondence you would receive about that episode? Yeah, so that was quite some time ago, and obviously there has been a lot of change since then. But um, I guess it sort of began when I was at university studying journalism at Charles Sturt in Bathurst. And I got a cadetship at a radio station there. And I was also on a scholarship. And I remember it all began with a lecturer who was not a journalism lecturer. In fact, his name's Jerry Boland. And I wonder if he's still there. But um, he came in after I just presented the news one day. And he said, who was presenting the news that hour? And I said, oh, I was. And he said, you'll never make it on um, as a journalist with that voice. And it was that voice that I thought, what exactly does he mean by Mm. that? Anyway, then later on, I finally got a job um, in commercial TV. And uh, I wasn't allowed to go on air because, you know, you need more authority Oh, sound, yourse- sound yourself, but don't put on a voice. Mm-hmm. Like all these different conflicting advice. and Be authentic, but also change everything yeah, about your yeah, voice. Yeah, but sound like everyone else mm-hmm. on TV. So, um, and then I had the help of Selena Edmonds, who I now work with at the ABC. Um, and uh, she helped train me. She was a presenter um, that stood, that stayed back and basically tried to get my voice to its best possible uh, you know, potential mm-hmm. um, that would um, basically be at a stage where people couldn't question why or if I should be on air. Mm-hmm. So I then sort of basically realized years down the track that it was all got to do because I sounded too gay. Yeah. Without them actually saying it, mm-hmm. that was the issue. Now, this is quite interesting because, of course, now we're in an era where diversity is really celebrated. Mm-hmm. So we know. We see so many different people on TV now, so many different voices, um, you know. Accents. Yeah, a breadth of um, accents. So, you know, obviously many West Australians speak broader generally. Um, People from central Queensland speak differently. People from Melbourne speak differently. So, um, and then of course we have Indigenous voices on. We have all sorts of people from all around the world, Mm -hmm. particularly on the ABC, which is great. And, And that's what the ABC prides itself in 
in being a broadcaster for everyone. Now, if you go on to Channel 9 or Channel 7, uh, you will see that most people are blonde, uh, blue-eyed. All the women sound the same. I'm feeling very attacked. No, I'm kidding. I'm absolutely joking. That <laughs> they, is a complete joke. But they all sound the same. Yeah. They all look the same. Yes. And it's not, you know, I'm not having a dig at any of those reporters. No, of course not. But, um, There's a clear uniformity to their hiring policy. And the men, all the men are rugby-sounding, um, you know, butch More guys. Ochre. But they're gay if... They work in entertainment or weather or something more light. So there's sort of these boxes um, that have been set up in commercial media organisations. That is so true that even where there is diversity, it is a very specific role that they're put into, like you said. And they're almost then encouraged to be more overt, especially in sort of entertainment journalism roles and weather. But they Like heaven forbid a crime reporter could be gay. Who that wouldn't would, happen. And sound gay? That wouldn't Whatever happen that at means. the commercial networks. It just wouldn't. Um, so I guess um, when I was when I went to the ABC, I did have a bit of voice training generally just to sort of fix a few things. Um, but that was an organisation that really embraced me and put me on air. And I was doing news breakfast as a senior reporter for three years. Um, but even so, during that time, I got hate mail from viewers saying mm-hmm. like I got a typed one saying something like I can't remember because it's quite awful and I don't try and remember those things mm. but it was something like it was typed which is really creepy typed printed out yeah and something to do with my voice and sounding too gay or um you know some sort of dig and uh and I've had other people send me emails that will say you know, you sound different or you shouldn't be on air, that type of thing. Mm. Now, this was all before same-sex marriage mm-hmm. was legalised in Australia. Which, for clarity, is the year that we recorded the first episode was before it was... No, it was just after it was made legal. Yeah. Yes. So, so and, and I think I said back then is that since the legalisation of same-sex marriage... I'm not getting any hate mail mm-hmm. at all. I can't even remember the last time I got something homophobic. And I think now, of course, you know, um, when I first started in uh, TV, I was it was I was 19, so that's you know 15 years ago or 14 years ago, and so things have changed. Back then, we weren't talking about diversity. We weren't talking about um, representing all facets of society, whether you live in Western Sydney, whether you live in Vaucluse in the Sydney's East, whether you live in Arnhem Land um, or you live in the Northern Territory. So we are starting to look at that. And I think think it was also interesting, if you look back at our former Prime Minister, Julia Gillard, and her voice was very distinct. And people would often say mean things about her voice, but she was, in fact, very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And articulate. And she had that amazing historic speech where she called out misogyny in Parliament and she said, I won't be lectured by this Prime Minister. And I think she was referring to Tony Abbott. Your mate from the pub. Yeah. Who I, I still watch that because into... it's on YouTube. If you haven't watched it, please go and watch it. I still watch it on a monthly basis to make myself feel better. It's our last 
episode episode 17 you can find it there yes but i watch the video oh. of julia yes i do love our podcast oh, episodes right. but i don't watch that every month to <laughs> Sorry, make myself feel better <laughs> um tied to it so so basically um uh, what i find interesting now is that there is a place for every voice um which is good but i guess um the main thing back then as well is that people were making judgments about my voice before I even knew who I was. Well, that's what I was going to ask you is that you said that there was one instance at uni and that, you know, channels, well, whatever, because you were with a few different places all over the world, but that yes, channel seven and channel nine tend to have these very cookie cutter kind of uh, faces and voices. Mm. And so we're not clearly going to refer to the specific networks, but other than that, specific comment from uni were there any other comments that you can remember well there was just the inverted races oh, sorry homophobia in terms of um being told that i wasn't sounding quite right but not really being told why would you ask for clarification and be like well, no i tell me it doesn't no. sound right what does that even mean well i did but it was sort of like are you getting there it was just this dubious right um lines from management that yeah. i had no idea what it actually meant you just felt like you were dealing with shifting targets of course no one would, tell yeah, you no one would actually, actually say the thing is no one... it's discrimination well, they and, couldn't well and also voice is deeply personal yes. but you've also got to have a good voice to be on air so yes. i think it was a bit of both i think i did sound too gay yes. according to them which you know if you said that now people would be like what does that even mean yes um and even then i still don't really understand what that meant i mean it's almost like um but it's almost um entrenched misogyny in totally. a way too because it's sort of like well you're saying that um that you, sound too you sound too feminine and if you look at some women on tv they sound really deep mm-hmm. and they put it on mm-hmm. because there is this acceptance that Everyone should basically sound like a man. Well, and because you, that's an authoritative. Yeah, according to them. Voice, I mean, who apparently. are you to say who? What is authoritative? I mean, who are you to yeah. say that? Yeah. Um. So, I think uh, that was quite interesting. I think. Um, I think things have changed a lot, and I don't tend to get upset about it anymore. Mm. I th- and I think that's just also coming to accept myself generally. Yes. Um. And to not to really let go of that you know, traumatic experience. Yes. Well, you sort of touched on it before that there was, you were getting this feedback before you'd even come to any realization or really solid understanding of your own identity and who you are and your sexuality. So what do you think that, how do you think that contributed to that emerging understanding of your identity and your sexuality? Do you think it had any bearing or influence on it? Well, I think, I mean, Originally, before I was out, I didn't want to be gay because I wanted to be, have a normal life. I wanted to have a family. I wanted to have... Quote, unquote, normal. You know, yeah, exactly. Life. But that's this is what was going through my head. Mm-hmm. So what I'm saying is not how I think. It's what was yes. in my head. Yes. Um, and obviously, we know that that is completely wrong. Um, so I think also it had a lot of um, a lot of influence from my lack of acceptance of myself too that sort of put up with that criticism. Mm. So I knew, yes, I do need to change my voice because that's not right. Yeah. So in a way I went along with it, yeah. right? Um, and put up or shut up, you know, that type of thing. So 
But now I think if I got that same sort of experience at 33, um, I would call it out yeah. and I wouldn't stand for it. Mm. Um, but, you know, um, now my voice is fine yeah. and, and I don't have an issue with it. And um, I mean, you can always improve, always, just generally well, as a I've broadcaster. Well, I've known you for 14 years and it hasn't, like, I mean, you're incredibly polished and you're incredibly good at what you do. I know that I give you a lot of crap, but... I am constantly impressed by you and very proud of you. But to me, I've known you since you were 18. Your voice hasn't actually... It's not like you no, put on airs or that you drop your tone or timbre of your voice. It's you sound like you. I think that part of it has been, yes, you found a network which is fabulous mm. and has been incredibly encouraging of you. But it's also your resilience that you could have packed it all up and moved on because it was too hard or they weren't putting you on air and that's what you always wanted to do. Yeah. And this is kind of why I wanted to do this episode again, not only because I'm an absolute idiot and I deleted the old one when I was merging my podcast account Technology. over. She's great with that, which is why it's such a good thing that half my career depends on my use of technology. But it's even more impressive now that you have, you know, got to the point in your career that you've reached, which after, you know, three years since we recorded the last podcast, you've become the New South Wales crime reporter for the ABC. And you've gone from strength to strength. And I think it's really important for people who might be in a similar position, not necessarily reporters, but somebody who might be part of minority or who feels like there's barriers to opportunity or their dreams to hear that, you know, not only have you overcome, but you've gone from strength to but strength But it also as well. transcends across all industries. Yes, this is the other thing. Yeah. And so, for example, like, um, you know, I remember um, Margaret Thatcher, before she became British Prime Minister, she had a real problem with her voice and they said, it's not authoritative. And I know that that was a long time ago and things had changed, but there is this similar pattern. And I think it really is so becoming such a thing of the past now. And I'm sure obviously it still exists in places and especially in, I guess, you know, those macho financial firms in the city where... Where I spent know, 10 years of my life. Yeah, which you obviously hated too. But, oh, absolutely. Like mm. I would get at them about their recruitment and the fact that I'd be like, oh, so it's another young white guy from the North Shore that we're interviewing today, is it? And sometimes they'd throw a novelty female in there or uh, yeah. somebody, you know, who was not necessarily fitting that stereotype. But that was clearly not their intention to actually actively hire anybody outside of what mm. they, you know, culturally had been told they pretty much needed to, you know, stick to the party line. So, yeah, it happens all across the board. And I have no idea it's happening particularly to immigrants. Of course, to yeah. To get rid of their accent yeah. or to, as you know, what's the, what's the word, assimilate, yeah. right? Which, what, what does that really mean? No. Does that mean that you have to totally discard and Does that mean you have to go to the NRL exactly. and celebrate football? Oh, yeah, Peter. Like, yeah. how was the game yeah, on because... Saturday? Oh, that accent is like nails down a chalkboard. <laughs> no, I know, I know. Um, there's another thing that I found, just some research I found when I was sort of looking into this a bit more. There's a study published in 2003 by Ron Smythe, who's a linguist at the University of Toronto. Mm -hmm. And he found that participants re readily separate re separated recordings of diverse voices into categories. So those sounded gay and those who sounded straight. Mm. 
And people picked up on features of the gay stereotype, which we know is like melodic and, you know, I guess softer or maybe higher. Um, and But the trouble was that these labels had little relationship with sexuality. So in this study, people correctly guessed a man's sexuality about 60% of the time. Oh, wow. So only a little little um, better than random. Mm. So, But it's like, what is the relevance? So I, I, you know, in somebody delivering the news to me mm. I'm not that concerned no. even with I mean I find it fascinating now because you are obviously in the media and we have a lot of friends in our circle who are journos and reporters mm. so it's interesting to me now to be like to see our friends and to see you and be like oh look how professional they're being because <laughs> I know they're absolutely off the planet most yeah, of the time. Well, we're all mad. I mean, it's all a persona. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's yeah. like turning up to assembly. It's like that great Jack Nicholson quote, sell crazy someplace else. We're all mm. stocked up here. Of course, exactly. <laughs> so um, that's always really entertaining to me. But when I, you know, see reporters who I don't know on the television mm. and, you know, having grown up being fairly familiar with the news, I have never been that curious about no. the personal lives of reporters. I don't know Even to why. the point where I find it entertaining now where I'm like, oh my God, you're a real person who does yeah. things, right? So what bearing does it have on someone delivering the news to you that you hear a voice and that in some way, I don't know, devalues the job that they're doing or how effective they are? I yeah. mean, you know what I mean? Unless I mean, you were saying everything backwards, it's yeah, you're doing your job. It's a bizarre... The tone shouldn't make that much of a difference. No, it's a bizarre... Um scenario but again i feel like you know how how long have we had same-sex marriage now a few years mm. um i kind of feel like it's much a thing of the past yeah you know i mean especially in my organization um but i'm sure it's still in you know those those organizations that are yet to have a diversity policy in place mm. um there is obviously a big push to you know in parliament too to have i know i think half labor is women half men mm. the liberal party is still lacking there for so sure there is definitely a an appetite for diversity and change i think it's also a really interesting link you say that you know since gay marriage was legalized a couple of years ago that this more overt abuse mm. has declined and certainly you know like professional feedback hasn't been mm. oh you know we need to change this about you which really speaks to you know the importance of how uh you know our government uh, chooses to legislate, right? Mm. And that there is this major trickle down effect. That gay marriage is, yes, about gay or same sex marriage, whatever uh, the correct term is. I'm sure I'm saying it incorrectly. Uh, that there's a trickle down effect that's more than just, you know, legislation on a piece of paper or couples being able to get married. Yeah, it's, it's the symbolic. impression that's given, mm. it's the societal standard that's now set that we don't tolerate discrimination we don't tolerate abuse of our you know minorities and, and we know that suicide rates um have gone down since same-sex marriage has been legalized mm -hmm. and and that's really um you know we know that it's top down you know with legislation things that happen at the top that our politicians do that the change that happens at the top trickles down mm -hmm. And it has more of an effect that I think sometimes than they even know. Yes. Um, and so it's not about wanting to be married mm. or get married. I don't really want to get married. I'm mm. not sort of a marriage person. Who knows? That You've could always told me you want your day. Oh, I want a party. <laughs> yeah. And I want to like... I. I mean, That's what your 40th I'm, is for, love. Don't go getting married to have a day because then you have to share the day. 
Yeah, yeah, that's true. But I mean, look, there might be someone that eventually that you know Changes they want to share a day tune. with. But you know, at this... share a day with, and maybe a life too. I mean, I already share Christmas with who? With everyone, <laughs> the whole world. You are so generous, and I you're welcome. Forever grateful that you're you welcome. deign to share Christmas with the world. Exactly. Um. So yeah, I mean, I kind of don't really have much more to say on it. To be well, honest, yeah. my question to you is. How do you feel having recorded this now versus when we first talked about it? What do you feel has changed for you in terms of how you feel about it, how you view it, and how you personally just feel about your voice and what it means for you in your career and your identity? I mean, I guess I'm... There's a reporter on CNN called Richard Quest. He's a business reporter. He's that sort of crazy, wacky guy. If you've ever... Um, watch CNN, you would have seen him on there. And uh, and I sort of drew, drew a comparison to him in that he is someone who has a very distinct voice. Mm. And and now um, it's sort of become my strength in terms of identity. People know my voice. It's a brand. They know it. They can hear it. Um, whereas, you know, not, every, not everyone has that. Yeah. And so it's good to be distinct. It's good to be different. Yes. Um, and... Yeah, I guess now I'm I'm really proud of it. Good. So, That's because um, that is a shift from when we first talked yeah. about it. I don't think you're at like a full blown pride yeah, stage. Yeah, not, not full, but um, but now I'm you know, yeah, I don't really have any complaints anymore. Yeah, so, and it's interesting now that we're recording this, revisiting this topic because I don't have as much to say about yeah. it anymore. Yeah, which is a good thing. Um, it was much more. I think it was more of a wound there. Yeah. When we talked about yeah. it last. But it definitely came with sort of self-therapy in terms of knowing that I have a supportive, you know, management at the ABC mm-hmm. and knowing they were behind me and wanting me to be the best person I could be in terms of a journalist and have the best voice I could have. Yes. Without changing who I am. Yes. So, so the training that I got put through at the ABC was about polishing that same voice. Mm. And basically, the the really easy advice I was given there was, you know, when you go to the pub, Mark, or you go to have dinner and you're talking, you naturally have a lot of inflections, mm. you have a good tone, and you have a lot of energy. But when you get in the voice booth to voice your story that airs on you know the 7 p.m news um you almost like tense up and put on this voice Mm. uh so now i go in there and i just kind of talk and i don't really even think about it and ironically all those years of trying to think about how to sound different or um be more authoritative be more natural but not too natural Mm. but you know just relax man but don't relax (laughs) like Fuck. I mean, honestly, how many, how many yeah. ways can you, how much advice can you give to confuse someone yes. to the point where it's gaslighting. they don't You're even, being professionally yeah, gaslit. where they don't even know how to talk anymore. Yeah. So I'm like, do I have to go back to, you know, school and start again? Well, I think it's a really powerful message to say, you know, it's sort of like when I was unwell and I had my eating disorder and mm. I was like trying to shrink my body and make myself look as, you know, perfect, quote unquote, perfect as I could so that people would like me and accept me and love me. And something my psychologist said to me once was that while you're pretending to be somebody else or Mm. trying to be somebody else, you're missing all the opportunities for the real you. Yeah. Right. Like if you met someone who would fall in love with real Mia, Mm. he doesn't get to meet real Mia because you're being pretend Mia. 
right? Yes. Or if an opportunity came along and you're pretending to be this other person, yeah. that they're not going to go, oh my God, she's so funny or she's so smart because you're trying to be a Stepford wife. They're just going to go, oh no, she's not for me. Mm. So missed opportunities. While you're trying so hard to be what you think you're supposed to be, you're actually missing all the opportunities for like real Mark, right? Who's meant to develop the way that he's meant to develop rather mm. than fitting into the box everyone's telling him to. Yes. And that's how you found success is finally, yes, in a nurturing, encouraging environment, but still the perseverance and the resilience to just go, you know what? I'm not changing myself so much that I'm unrecognizable. Yeah. Yeah. That's essentially it. Yeah. yeah. It that, then it's not really meant for you. No. that's not you. No. Right? What would you say to other people mm. who might be running into similar issues whether they're trying to crack into media or mm. another pursuit where the messaging they're getting is there's something wrong with you you've got to change mm. it this isn't good and specifically people more from like the lgbt community because as much as yes we have same-sex marriage legalized in this country that doesn't mean that those people aren't still facing adversity and being told that they need to change mm. or they need to you know be something um, else i think my advice would be be open to um polishing yourself mm -hmm. so without it's hard to find the line mm -hmm. that they're putting out there because they could genuinely be trying to just polish you really um so i would be open to any criticism because yes. you're not always being criticized because you're gay yes that's the other thing people there is a sort of a spectrum and people can go down that line and and then never develop into just being better at certain skills or anything like that. So mm. you can't shut off and play victim mentality because that's only going to make it worse. Mm. But then in saying that, just making sure that you are still true to yourself. Um, you know, I've had people write in to me before asking for advice. So, so I'd welcome that. Mm -hmm. um, you can find my Twitter handle at ready news or Instagram at Mark ready. Um, and I will check the private messages. I do check them. Um, some of them are very undesirable. Or maybe people leave questions in particularly the yeah. YouTube version and maybe when you get a chance to go yeah. and check them out. I'll reply to them, yeah. yeah. Um, or you can email me, markready, one word, at hotmail.com. So, yeah. Oh, old school Hotmail account. I know. Or you can email me ABC if you want, which is ready.mark at ABC.net.au. Just but don't troll I use him. both. <laughs> I use both. So, may, try both because you never know where the junk mail will go. But, but don't send it to me. No. I will have no advice for you. So, yeah. I mean, my main thing would just be, just be you know, trust yourself yes. more than anyone else. Yes. And, um, and be, be, it's, it's different for every person. Stay flexible. And try and find a mentor. Yes. If there's someone who's totally. gay or someone who's a woman or someone who's black or someone who's indigenous, um, you know, find that mentor in your own community because yes. that person will help you. Yes. And that'll help you. Actually, that's probably the best advice I wish I had given myself. Mm -hmm. And I did have mentors. So I would say the mentor thing is the best option. Yeah. And that's the evolution of you is that even via this episode, you have quite likely become that mentor yeah. for people. You've yeah. heard it. People who watch and go my God, if he, even, you know, one of your co-workers who we were with on Saturday night, mm. um, I do remember this conversation, maybe right. not all of them, but I do remember this one where yeah. he said, even for him, you are such a great example of yes. really being That's who you Jiffy. are. Yes. That's Jiffy who works at ABC with me. He's yeah. great. So I hope you guys got something helpful out of this. Obviously, it's just fascinating to watch you grow 
and I'm going to stop being nice to you before I start to You're feel so weird welcome. about it. That'll, that'll stop you. <laughs> that, that, every time. Uh, so, guys, we are going to Lord Howe on Wednesday. Mark has never been. I have been many times and can't wait to watch him not be able to use the internet or his phone because there's no or cell phone. seven nights. That's right. I'm guessing get day two is going to be meltdown day. Fetal position on the floor, rocking and humming a lullaby or something. Yeah, I'm not really sure how I'll go, but look, it'll be fine. I don't think they have any facilities with like padded rooms there, but if they do, I think that's where you'll be. Exactly. So yeah, we're just looking forward to a week off together to, yeah, just unwind and switch off. But we will be back the week after next with another episode. And then obviously we'll have Christmas and New Year's to navigate with me being away. But we could even do like a Zoom episode together. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Cool. All right, guys. We will see you in a couple of weeks. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Talk to you soon.